Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Malachi chapter 4, verse number 1. That's where we're at today. Malachi chapter 4. Verse number 1. I'll read verse 1 and 2. I'm going to try to preach you a little message on today. This little light of mine. You're going to need your Bibles today. This isn't just a topical message. This is, there's going to be some expository points in this, and you're going to need to turn with me in the Bible. It's all right to read the Bible, isn't it? Everybody happy about reading the Bible? Praise the Lord. Malachi chapter number four, verse number one. If you found it, shout amen. Amen. For behold, the day cometh. That shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. <clears throat> You're pretty much done when that's it. But watch this. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of righteousness. Arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Father, I love you. I thank you for the day, the favor, the chance to be in the house of the Lord. I thank you for the good singing thus far, Lord, for your presence felt in the service. But God, I'm praying that even now, Lord, you'd use me for a little while. I've tried to hear from you, tried to meditate. So I need you, Lord, to fill my mouth. Guard my tongue and preach me inside the bounds of the holy writ. Help me be accurate in the scripture. Touch the hearts of those that are in the congregation today and those that are listening by way of internet. I pray, Lord, this would help the children of God. And God, I pray you'd convict the lost. They'd see where they stand today, God, in the darkness of sin. I pray you'd bless this word for your glory. I can't preach this without you, Father. I got to have you, Lord. I pray you help me. Help me another time. This could be my last time. I don't know, Lord, when that'll be. But I need you. God, like the first time I ever stood, I'm asking you to help me. I'm asking you in my Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And amen. What caught my attention in my daily Bible reading was after my conversation <coughs> with my son. Uh, was this verse in, in verse number two, uh, but unto you that fear my name until the son of righteousness, S-U-N, that, 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 that spoke to my soul, that's S-U-N capitalized and, and who it's in reference to there, no doubt being the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. We understand that now. There's still a lot of Jewish friends that's confused by that. They don't know who that's in reference to, or they know who it's in reference to. They just don't believe that he has yet appeared. But here we go. With, as I want to give you a few facts about the sun. Now, you science students know this. <clears throat> I didn't care much about science. I liked history. 
and when I was in school, I didn't like much school at all. But if there's any part I did like, it was history and, and, and hearing stories about what people had done before me because it reminded me of myself every time I seen they messed up. I thought, you know, that's a lot like what we do now. And so with that being said, did you know that the sun is 109 times larger than the earth? That's pretty big. 109 times larger than the earth. Now, you can go to NASA, you can Google this, go to NASA and get all of this information. And if they're wrong, then I'm giving you wrong information, but I'll read to you out of the book in a moment, and it's exactly accurate. 109 times, I guess they can measure it. That's big. Not only that, listen, the shape of the sun is this perfect circle. Perfect. And that's got stuff exploding on it all the time. The gases and the burning and letting it letting off the, the, the heat. But it's in a perfect circle. When I do a wedding, you know what I do? I read the part what that represents. And you know what it is? It's unending. It doesn't have a beginning, doesn't have an end. It's unending. And that and as I thought of that, it being the perfect circle, I thought that's what it is. It's in uh, uh, now, in now, it's unending. Are you still with me? Right. Number three is this concerning the sun, S U N. Uh, concerning this is the significance of the sun. Here it is. If the sun stopped shining right now, less than twenty-four hours, there wouldn't be a living thing on this earth. Everything would be dead. Everything. They said there's some trees that have deep enough roots that they might survive a little longer than that, but not much longer. Everything dies in 24 hours, less than. I'd say the sun's pretty significant. There's not one thing, I'll get off the science. I'm going to make a spiritual application if you'll stay with me. You Bible students should already be way ahead of me. Somebody's a lot bigger than we'll ever be. Someone didn't have a beginning, don't have an end. He forever has been and forever shall be. He's perfect and he's holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. I mean, I'm seeing the S-O-N in the picture of the S-U-N. There he is. And without him, nothing can live. In him we Amen. So without him, there's no life. We know he's bigger, he's brighter, he's perfect, and in him everything lives. So here we go, no S-U-N, no life. Can I tell you today, no S-O-N, no life. Oh, you're, you're living and moving, you're walking around. If you're here and you don't have Christ as Savior, you are dead and you're trespassing sin. You're living in a bad place and don't know it, or maybe you do know it, and you don't know what to do about it. I'm about to explain it to you. So I don't expect this to be no super long message today, but who knows when we begin to expound on the word. But, but I want us to notice this concerning this little light of mine. In order for me to have light, light had to be given. Are you with me? So where are we going to find? Where 
are we going to get the information we need to know about how this all began? Now, if you read NASA, here's what they're going to say. There's all these things, I'm going to put it in layman's terms. I couldn't, some of the words was hard for me to comprehend. I'm going to, everything was just floating around out there and it began to gather up and all of a sudden there's an explosion and the sun began to burn. Here, I'll go this, I'll go down this road. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness, darkness was up on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved up on the waters and the Lord said, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, if he gathered it all up and made it go boom in order for it to form, I don't know, but I know this. Without him saying it, we're not here. I'm absolutely convinced by the authority of the word of God and trying to convince our young people, bless all you parents for bringing them out here yesterday, letting them play down there in the field and for all the cooks and the servers and those that cleaned up, the young people. We had a host of young people out there. What a glorious event. We're trying to convince our young people in this church, those listening, those that are watching, that in the beginning, God. I'll take that book over the opinion or the educated ignorance of all of them in the colleges across this land. i tell you what I'll do. I'll stand on that book and they can have the other books. Why? Because that book, every word of God, is inspired. I'll take that book. So we know we know that the 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 Bible, you know the Bible you're holding, that's not the original language in which it was written. You know that the Hebrew and then some Aramaic in Daniel's book and Greek in the New Testament. So we know this. We know that there's two testaments. Are you with me? Two. And if any man's written another book or preach another gospel, let him be accursed. Two. So as I'm considering this, the S-U-N and comparing it to the S-O-N and the S-O-N is the light for me, the sun lights my natural world, but the S-O-N has, lit, has lighted my spiritual world because without him, listen, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So there was darkness all over this place, but in the presence of God there was no darkness. Couldn't be because in him there is no darkness at all. Where's the abode of God, preacher? I don't really know. Good question. Jimmy says, where ain't it? Perfect hillbilly English out there. <laughs> Do you understand that, Brother Junior? He got it. 
wherever the abode of God was at that time in the presence of God, there was light. But on the earth, there was darkness. The earth was without form and void. The earth was dark. What does that tell me? The, the Spirit of God, the power of God wasn't here yet. He had not created the light. He spoke that into existence. First Testament, watch this. First Testament, what do we have? We have the producing of light. Right off the bat, right off the bat, First Testament, here's what we have, producing of light. We can't survive without it. Nothing can live without it. God had a plan. I do not understand, I do not understand how God done all this. If I could understand it, then I would be God. I do not understand. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts, my thoughts aren't his thoughts. He's so far superior to any man that's ever been born. And the proof is this, and this is what I tell the atheist. When you get ready to die, keep yourself from dying. And you know what they say? Well, nobody can do that. I said, God did. He died and got back up. What you think about that, Elroy? And they don't have any explanation. Well, here's their, here's their common response to that is, I don't believe that happened. And that is the problem. The first two that tops the list of those that inherit the second death in Revelation 22 and 8 is this, the fearful and the unbelieving. So we have here the producing of light. I'm satisfied according to the word of God and by the spirit of God. These things hath he revealed unto us by his spirit. I'm satisfied by the spirit of God that God made it, set it up just like he wanted it to be. They said Sir Isaac Newton had a perfect, uh, uh, on a, course a smaller scale, of, of the solar system, he had a model of it set up hanging from the ceiling and he had a young atheist in one of, that he had been uh, uh, teaching and he come in there and he said, hey. Of course, he didn't, probably didn't say it like that, but here's how he'll be say it. Hey, who made that? And Sir Isaac Newton said, nobody. And the atheist said, that's ridiculous. He said, that's exactly right. That's ridiculous. Someone made it. We know who made it. How do we know who made it? By the Spirit of God. The Spirit revealed to us, give us light. We understand the Scripture and we know that God created. But it, it, we, we, see the, we see God producing the light. We see the light throughout the ages. We come to Malachi which Malachi means, the name Malachi means my messenger. And you know what it was in Israel at this time? It's a dark time. Even though the light's been given, you know what they did? They didn't want the light. How'd they want it? They was Burger King. Uh, 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 they, loved, they loved it, Burger King. Have it your way. They wanted it their way, and they didn't care about God's way. And it was a very dark time spiritually. You know what it is in America today? We're beginning to understand more and more, few there be that find it. They're just not looking for it. It's everywhere, but people aren't looking, Brother Gordon. Stay with me just a few minutes. So in the First Testament, we have the giving. He gave the light. But you know what he's talking about right here in verse number two? 
It's not the giving of the light. It is the greater light. So there's a greater light coming for the people. Say, he's greater than the sun. Oh, watch this. I'm not. Wait till the end. Here he is. He's coming. And the, the, we see light given. But here in Malachi 2, we see the promise. We see it produced in Genesis. Here in Malachi, we see the promise of a greater light coming. The S-U-N is going to rise <clears throat> with healing in his wings. Wings there refer to the long part of the garment. We, we remember a story where somebody touched it, don't we? And was made whole. So we have the greater light. Now, now we're going to get to where we're going to need our Bibles. Because they sat for 400 years here with this promise. They sat for 400 years in a dark place. Some people have sat for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. The oldest fellow that I, I, that I know that I led to the Lord was Oren Crane up here in the hospital. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Oren was 82 or 83 years old. And when he got saved that day in the hospital room, he said, I didn't know all these years I've been lost. I just didn't know. And you know what happened, Mark Madden? I was there in the room praying with him. And all of a sudden, the light came on. Say, did you see the light? Oh, you can see it in her face. You know what happened? It'll, their face will illuminate. Say, no, I don't believe you can just see the change on him, Randy. You know what happened? The Holy Spirit brought him from the darkness into the light. And you know what began to happen? His little light began to shine. He doesn't light a light that would be put under a bushel. No, Jesus said that a man lights a light. He puts it on a candlestick that everybody in the house might see the light. That's why we do it. Then he said, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. That's the whole object here. Is what is it going to do? We light the light. He let him light our little light. And it begins to shine. You know what happened? Marcus got up here singing a while ago. I seen the light. I seen the light. Second Testament. Review. Review. First Testament opens with what? Light. Closes. The last chapter in the First Testament closes with light. The sun. I think we've proven that the light comes from the sun. So here we have the First Testament opens with light, closes with the light. I found it very interesting that the last word in the, in the First Testament or the Old Testament, whichever you prefer, I find that it's very interesting, Brother Paul, that curse is the last word. You know why people are sick? You know why they have trouble? The curse, that's exactly right. Now, listening close. Second Testament. Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter one. Turn right there with me. 
Luke chapter 1 and verse 78. That's a long chapter, isn't it? Now I know some might be here today and say, I like revival type preaching better. You should come on Wednesday night. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. So here we have the day spring arising. In other words, the day begins. There's no beginning of day without him. Everything revolves around the sun. Just like the SUN supports life on this planet, us as people are supported by the, by the SON, and without him there is no life. Here's the glorious event of this. We were sitting in darkness one time. If you're here and you're lost and on the road to hell today, you're sitting in a dark place. You don't know why what the things going on around you and why these things happen. You don't understand it. You have no purpose in life. You're looking for the next big thing. But the next thing make me feel good. Next thing that'll excite me. But they're going to all wear out one day. You're going to find yourself on death's bed and not knowing where you're going to fall off into. But let me tell you what happens when he gives you light, praise God. Glory to God. And he takes you out of the darkness and he puts you into his marvelous light. And you begin to understand that this isn't the end of it. Bless God, when we leave here, Gordon, it's just beginning, hallelujah. And here we are in the presence of God. What happens there? How do you know that? Because he showed me his light. You go down to the lost sea, they get you down to the bottom of that thing, turn the lights out. You can do that right there and you can't see your hand. Zero light. And you can't measure that because all that light is is an absence of light. I mean, all that darkness is is an absence of light. You can measure light, but you can't measure that darkness. And there's people sitting in that darkness today. There they are. Everything around them is dark. The world's dark. Putin's dark. The Ukraine situation's dark. Our government's dark. Gas prices are dark. Everything's dark. There's not much light shining around here, but I'm telling you, the sun is still shining. Praise God. And where does he want to shine? He wants to shine in you. He wants to shine in you. He wants to shine in you. He wants to shine in us. He's shining through the church. He's looking for the church. He said, you're the light of the world. And this little light of mine. I'm not a big light, but I'm a little light. I do have some light. The light of Christ indwells me. I have the light of Christ. If you have not the spirit of Christ, you're none of his. So you know what he's expecting us to do? He's expecting us to recognize that we are, we're the light of this world. There's everything around us may be dark, but we won't be dark. 
John 1, 4 and 5 says this. In him was life. The life was the light of man. The light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it. Not, it can't attain it. can't lay hold on it. In other words, can't do nothing with it. I don't care how small the spark. If you're in a dead dark place, you spark it. And for just a moment, there'll be light. Because when the light shows up, the darkness has to run away. Isn't that good? Praise God. Aren't you glad you're children of the light? We're children of the day, not children of the night. Now, now, let's, let's make somebody real sad here this morning. I don't mean to, but the Word of God will convict a time out of you if you're not right with God. I'm going to, Gen- I'm going to John chapter number 3, and I'm going to read this so I won't leave out a word. John chapter number 3, verse number 17 says this, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I had a friend that went to another kind of church. He said, it's what you Baptists call saved. I said, no, that's what the Bible calls it. Not the Baptist. We just use it a lot. Aren't you glad you're saved this morning? Praise God, aren't you glad you're saved from the wrath to come? Glory to God, I'm glad I'm on the road to heaven today. If I wasn't on the road to heaven, I'd come make sure I was this morning. He that believeth on him is not condemned. You ought to underscore that in your Bible right there. I may be living under a lot of things, the load of this world, the prices and the problems and everything this world has to present, but I'll tell you what I'm not living under, the condemnation of God. I'm not under that. Mm -hmm. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Why is that? You're still in the dark. You don't have no little light. Wouldn't it be sad to be sitting here where the gospel's going out today knowing that you could be gloriously saved by the grace of God through faith that he gives us and we could, we could know that today and yet we say, you know what? I'd just rather sit here in the dark and lost and be miserable. Think I'll just hang out here expecting it to get better. Government might send me another stimulus check and I'll feel good. Yeah, I feel good too. I had to start paying that stuff back. I'm not feeling so good now. The only thing's free salvation, it'll cost you the world. So living under the condemnation of God. You know what the Bible said? He came into his own and his own received him not. They didn't want him. Why? Because he didn't come the way they wanted him to come. They're looking for him to stomp the Romans, put them in rule, that on every vineyard and have all the camels and the sheep and they'd all be happy then if they had it all. You got more than you need right now. That's why your hair is gray and you have headaches all the time. Happiest man I ever knew in my life, in my life, was your stone. What he had, he carried in a clothes basket. How do you know that? Because I moved him twice. I said, where's your stuff, Eurus? He said, this is it. I said, that's all you got? Yep. Put her in a trunk, buddy. 
hauled him off to where he was going, pulled up the house, opened my trunk. He gets his stuff. You know what he wanted to know? Somebody picked me up Sunday for church. <laughs> and this is the condemnation. That light has come in the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Listen. This homosexual crowd and this crazy liberalism that has plagued our halls of Congress today. And and it's on both sides. Don't get too carried away with me. Both of them liberal as they can be. You know what it is? It's not you they hate. They hate the light. I will say this, and I'm not a proponent for advocating for Catholicism. But there's a Catholic cardinal out there in San Francisco who told Miss Pelosi she couldn't take communion no more until she repudiated abortion. And the whole religious world has come against him. I'm shocked. Men that love darkness rather than light. What is that? You know what? That's the rejection of the light. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. For the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them. Blind the minds of them. What's that? That's what you think. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So there's a certain mind to have and there's one not to have. And what is this? It blinds the minds of them lest the glorious light of the gospel should shine into them. They don't. They don't want the truth. They prefer the darkness. But they some that receive it. We just nearly got on my verse this morning, Gordon, in Sunday school class. I'm going to flip over here and read you this just so I won't mess it up. And uh, I want you to listen to this. Here's what we are, those that have received it. Those under condemnation are those that reject the light. But uh, us that are chose the light, or the light chose us, actually. He said, you're not chosen me, I chose you. And we just received it. He did choose us, but we received the light. He said, you're a royal priesthood. That's what you are. He said, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him that hath called you out of darkness. Where at? Into his marvelous light. Isn't it marvelous? Isn't it marvelous for him to show us that as, as, as Marcus said, leading the singing, you didn't deserve me. But I loved you anyway. I keep using the grandson. I see, I'm learning a lot of things by watching a three-year-old boy. You know what happens when he don't get his way? He throws a fit, just like his granny. (laughs) 
I'm afraid he's just like his pa and his daddy. And he throws a fit. You know what I do? Went in the bedroom the other day and he had a fit. And I just knelt down in front of him and I got him by the shoulders like this. I said, son, your pa loves you. And he don't want you acting like that. Not one time in my mind did I think I'm going to kill him or never have nothing else to do with him. And he just stood there looking at me crying. And the Holy Ghost said, that's just like you. When you get into that place that I don't want you to be, when you've ignored me and failed to recognize me and failed to follow what I want you to do in my footsteps and hear my voice and, 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 be, and be obedient to me, you know what it is? I love you and I want you to act like me. I don't want you to be in that place. You know how I knew that? Because the light of God shined on me. That's how I know it. You know how you know it today? The light of God shines on you. That's how you know it. And if you're not bothered by it, undisturbed, you don't worry about it, think nothing of it, you're walking in darkness today. And one of these days you're going to come to the end of the path. And it's not going to be a pleasant experience. They sing those songs. It wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. It wouldn't take nothing for the light that God has revealed to me. Since I'm already toward the end of the book, I want you to listen to this. You think the S-O-N isn't greater? The scientists will say nothing greater, nothing brighter. Listen to this. I want you to hear this real well. And the city had no need of the sun, neither the moon. This is where I'm going, by the way. Changing address one day. We didn't need it to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Chapter 22, verse number 5 says, And there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. You're in one of them two places this morning. You're in that dark place where things just, uh, just don't seem like they're going right. Here's the good news this morning. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin, cleanse us from all. You know what all means all? It means all and it don't mean anything else. It just means all. All unrighteousness. Cleanse us. If we confess it, I'm in a dark place, Lord, because I done or I didn't believe or whatever, confess it to God. I don't know your heart today, but the Lord knows your heart. I'm just going to ask you this little simple question today. Just how bright is it at your place? Is it dark? You know what you do when you walk in your house? 
you've been gone and it's, and it's pitch black. You know what you do? What do you do, Junior? Turn the light on. Why do you do that? Because you want to see where you're going. It's pretty plain, isn't it? If the light's not on, you don't know where you're going. Well, let me tell you where you're going. No light's going to lead you to a path that ends in total darkness forever. Outer darkness, the Bible refers to it as outer darkness, where there's weeping and wailing, gnashing of teeth. And nothing good happens there, ever, ever, nothing, ever. Can you imagine being somewhere where nothing good ever happened again? Never. There's no joy, no laughing, no seeing. Just know that somebody's gnawing on you or you're gnawing on yourself. And can you imagine that for 20 minutes or an hour? They don't think that's real, preacher. I tell you what you do. Just stay where you're at. And when you die, you'll be there. Because you're going to die. Turning your way up this street, there's evidence on both sides. Cemeteries everywhere. But I'm glad to be on the winning side. One of these days, you'll put me in a box. You might roll me up right here. And come by and view this little car I've ridden around in for a lot of years. But I ain't going to be inside it. In one glorious day, after the skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh, shall I see God. He's going to put this thing back together. Brand new model. And I'm going to come back with God and inhabit this thing. And so shall I ever be with the Lord. If you're living in a dark place today, the only way to escape the darkness is come to the light. And let him turn a little light on for you. As we stand, he sings. If you don't know him today as Savior, you ought to come. You ought to come and call and say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, while we sing. Pastor Mike McCoy. Thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.